Hey everybody, it's Thursday night. It's time for a very special West of Loathing edition of the Kingdom of Loathing podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Riff. Uh, I'm Kevin. And we're joined by special guests. Victor. And Wes. Hey, guys. How's it going? Victor and Wes are in town to help us work on West of Loathing, our new video game. And we've solicited a bunch of questions from listeners about West of Loathing, our new video game. Um, I was trying to genericize this a little bit so that we could potentially be a thing that we could use to talk about the game to people who aren't already KOL players, but probably not. Sure. So this is just for you, listeners. You can read the transcript if you don't. Yeah, you can read the transcript on the forums where everyone will misrepresent what we say in a way that's calculated to make everyone maximally angry. <laughs> um, do you guys want to just talk a little bit about like where you came from and how you got on board with the project and what you do and stuff? Sure. Uh, Victor came from Minnesota. Um, I met uh, I met Zach and Kevin in Los Angeles a couple of years ago, and I at, was interested at, at Indiecade. At Indiecade, yeah, and okay. I was interested in making some indie games with other people because I've been doing alone for a little while. It turns out that it's a lot of fun to do it this way, especially in person when you visit sunny San yeah, Francisco. It's, it's always great when we're in the same place, like, especially when it's a tiny sweltering room <laughs> <laughs> that's only going to get worse. And so you're you're coding up the Unity part of the game. Yes. And you're writing in C sharp? Yes. All all C sharp. I don't use the other scripting option that okay. we don't talk about because it's terrible. <laughs> and is this is this how many other Unity projects have you worked on? Uh this is my really this was my second major one, but okay. um I'm like at this point, I could call it the fourth or fifth because I've started and finished all this stuff since. while we've been working. On yeah. it. <laughs> this is this is a, a nice long project that will actually be decent sized for people. Yeah. What about you, Wes? <clears throat> uh, I met Zach and Kevin through a mutual friend, Roy, back oh, yeah. when uh, you guys were starting a fun little project called Word Realms. Oh yeah, that great thing <laughs> that I love. You know what was good about it? The animation. That was a really good thing about it. Well, Why? Thank true. you. I, yeah, I enjoyed a lot of aspects of that game. I'm, it was a real learning experience. But yeah, I started off doing just animation on my own for fun, cartoons and stuff like that. And then I met these guys, and I've been doing video game animation ever since. Yay. Nice. Uh, well, should we just get right into the questions that people have asked? Sure. I mean, I guess basically everybody knows what the rest of us do on West of Loathing, Um Riff Riff is writing and designing content and designing yep. puzzles. Kevin wrote is... some really gross stuff just today. Oh, nice. good. <laughs> There's a lot of really gross stuff and a lot of really dark stuff in this game. It's <laughs> yeah, some jokes, guys. Kids. Yeah, yeah. Or, well, the gross stuff is definitely for kids. Mm -hmm. The dark stuff is for dark kids. <laughs> uh, Kevin, future goths of America. Yeah, yeah. The FGA. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't you just join the Goths of America? What like what are you waiting for? It's like the the future <laughs> the future scoff laws of America. Why would you bother? Like you're not <laughs> maybe you haven't earned rules. it. Okay, yeah. the Goths make you join future Goths of America as a yeah. hazing. You have to. Well, you no, know, it's like it's like the Cub Scouts. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. You wear like gray. Yeah, <laughs> you haven't earned the black yet. Kevin is uh, producing. Uh, sure. It's a, Theoretically, eventually designing some puzzle stuff too, yeah. right? Just fill, I've, got, I've fill, been thinking of stuff and sort of jotting ideas good. down, filling in some filling in some gaps here. A lot and there. of QA, a lot of uh, publicity management, and 
dealing with all the like festivals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. a tremendous amount of stuff that none of the rest of us are even a little bit excited about doing. <laughs> I guess Vic- Victor, you wouldn't hate it. You wouldn't a hundred percent hate it as much as I feel like the rest of us would. Maybe and West, I... West, you demo the game sometimes in Phoenix, and that. that do you yeah, hate it? I, no, I like doing that Riff kind of stuff. It. I think it's fun. I kind of hate it. <laughs> Ryan uh, is great at it. He he helped demo when we were showing the game at Power of Play in Seattle. This is Ryan Ike, the guy that's making the music yeah. for the video mm-hmm. game. We should talk to him about some music. I haven't talked to him in a long time or gotten any new music in a long time. That's true. He's been doing a lot of other side projects. Um, and I kind of do a little of this and a little of that everywhere. I like lead design, creative direction, and all the art. Um, so I'm a tremendous bottleneck <laughs> um oh, speaking of which i need to draw a neck for the tremendous bottle i drew earlier uh, um i think that we could probably just get right into the questions um okay. we solicited questions from our kingdom of loathing fans and our patreon backers and our uh twitter Facebook followers. followers and twitter followers yeah uh, so Robin Steinman asks us to talk about the variety of turtles in the game and the variety of character customization. Uh, in terms of appearance, you can put on different hats. Is one of them a turtle? No. Uh, there are no turtles at this point. Okay. I, there, you know, there, there are different character classes than in Kingdom of Loathing. And the... So are, are you saying that the, the existence of turtle tamers is responsible for the existence of turtles? Yes. Okay. Uh, so there are cows because there are cow punchers, and there are snakes because there are snake oilers. All right. Um, but there aren't any classes that beat up humans, so there are no other humans <laughs> in the game. It's okay. just cows and snakes. Um, I don't know. Tur- turtles are a thing. We'd, we've been talking a lot recently about the, the rat particle, which is a way that we can make a rat run across the screen without actually making a sort of animated oh, actor wow. just by making a little animated particle that emits from a thing at a given point. We could do a turtle particle, which would just be very, very slow. Slow rat you, particle. It's very slow. I, I don't know if you know this, but the etymology of turtle uh, actually comes from Old Norse for slow rat. <laughs> Uh, Sam J. Rudloff says, the recent green light. Um, there's not really a ton to talk about there. We put it up. We got a we got green light in nine days. Real good turnout. Took nine days. We, we were we were pretty excited about how fast it happened until we found out that we were part of the largest single day just green light. O- opening up the entire sluice of games <laughs> in a single day that Valve has ever done. Um, it's like 400 games. But we were we were very highly ranked by the oh, end. Yeah. Like it doesn't take so much of a community mobilized to get a game in the top rankings on Greenlight anymore. And and we have we have a great community. It was very helpful in making that happen. Um, Simon Sapluski says co-op. Yeah, that's a. I was going to tell you about that right towards the end of development. <laughs> right now, <director>. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, we're not going to do any. You, you can you can have two people use the same computer or tablet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one person could play like the game. That's, do do all the like conversation responses, and one person could move around, or just maybe one person on the left side of the keyboard yeah. and another on the right. One person does W A, and the other person does yeah. S D. Yeah, we could uh, if if we add controller support, we could just Ooh. add support for multiple controllers and accept all of the inputs at once <laughs> so you can play either cooperatively or competitively depending like, on whether that's, that's how good twitch, how good your communication skills twitch are plays west of loathing mm-hmm. that would actually be pretty viable we, uh, we can do that that's not even kind of hard at yeah. this point like yeah 
yeah, I think it would work. We're, it, uh, I mean, this. I don't know that anybody actually asked this, but I think we're going to be able to have controller support, right? There's, I, yeah, I don't think there's anything kind, about yeah. the game that makes it so you couldn't play it with uh, with an Xbox I mean, I, controller. Or I a, can say that it's really fun to play with a joystick. I, I tried it out on so. an arcade cabinet and it was really fun, but that just uses keyboards. So how do you commands. do? Yeah, how would you do the the like? Dialogue choices with the buttons. Yeah, you just oh, have okay. to use the buttons, and we'd have a we'd have, probably have to have a selector at some some point. Yeah, I think I think that would be the right way to do it. Yeah, if you're playing with a controller, I mean, because we'll need some concept of like highlighting stuff, like in inventory, for instance. Like mm. that is the thing that is really the most. We can, can't we just do what Skyrim did? <laughs> Rely on the modding <laughs> community to make it tolerable. <laughs> sure, that sounds great. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Jennifer Matt says crossover bonus for people who play all your games. Boy, all of them. I wouldn't say all of them. There are four now. Okay. Well, one of them you can't purchase. So <laughs> that would well, be a, you, it'd be a real sure. dick move. So we're basically going to lock off three quarters of the content in West of Loathing, uh, for people who have played Master Swords. <laughs> right. Um, so good luck, those kids from LA. <laughs> There's there are tens of thousands of kids who have played it around the country. Yay! Wow. Yeah. They um, it's it's apparently very popular. <laughs> I didn't know it was released in any. We're told it's capacity. only in school systems. Huh. So, it did get deployed. Uh, that whole before all that stuff folded, uh, the the Amplify Games initiative in their curriculum, it did get deployed to several s- school districts that already had iPads. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it, it they I mean they did say that there's some some number of tens of thousands of kids have played Master Swords and yeah. so right wasn't a total waste of money for them yeah well I'm glad some people someone's seen it yeah and in theory it will someday have a commercial release but that day has like been pushed back so many times that it's just not even it's not even funny anymore hmm. and if it doesn't and Amplify doesn't exist anymore is there anything stopping us from just like accidentally dropping it out the window on the, <laughs> the freeway and I think, then I think a lawsuit is well if the, the company thing. that owns it folds I mean yeah they, who, they, sued? they sell own somebody the, owns it the, belongs I, to a bank it, I think no. it belongs to Steve Jobs's wife <laughs> maybe I don't know I don't know I don't think that they like I think they are just backing things or whatever I don't think they own oh things. I thought they I thought yeah. that that foundation bought I wasn't kidding I thought oh, that, that I foundation bought Amplify I don't think so huh. hmm. that is not the impression that I've gotten from things but I don't, yeah I, it, everything is so confusing and up in the air and that yeah sorry I'm beginning to think that you made up some of the names of people. I just copied them. This is okay. what they like their names as they appear in in Facebook, in Facebook okay. or Twitter or whatever. So Troy Troy says. Well, so but we didn't actually we didn't actually answer the question. Oh, didn't we? Uh, are, is, are we going to have any kind of like mm-hmm. crossover? So like we already had West of Loathing mm-hmm. as a challenge path in KOL, and I could imagine having some kind of. KOL challenge path in West of Loathing. Well, no, but like some, like some sort of uh, bonuses for people who have played, who, who sort of support both games. As, but it I would don't be really easy to build in content 
that like wants you to know things that you would only know if you played Kingdom of Loathing extensively. Sure, or yeah. That's a thing, the, but it, it, maybe so that's not what the I can, asker wants. I can imagine a technical path towards, say, giving the people who buy West of Loathing a Kingdom of Loathing item, right? Because we've got their Steam ID, so we could do something that like generated a unique redemption code for each player, and then we handle mm. the security for that on the KOL end. Going the other direction, it's a little trickier. Um Right. Right. If I mean, I don't know. Could we do a thing where it's like, well, here's a Steam code for some DLC that we give out at reaching a certain enter a code into the in game KOL. somewhere? But then, somehow. but then that's just gets shared, and well, it's effectively it's giving it to everybody. It's generated uniquely per KOL account. Well, no. Even then, how would it know? Uh, it's I mean, a, we'd want has, that one person it's to be able to. Well, that would have to uniquify them, and oh, that's so, true. Yeah. So if they that if they weren't additional system that we don't have. Yeah, which we just we're right. just not we're not planning on running any servers to support West of Loathing. So right. okay. there's not we can't do any authentication that's not S- Steam basically. Um. Yeah. Anyway, try uh, try continued. Sorry, sorry for talking forever and not answering the questions. Welcome to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> How replayable is it? Is it KOL replayable or more Skyrim replayable? I would characterize it as more Skyrim replayable. There's there's different sort of ways through it, and you, to get to the end is not going to require you to see anywhere near all of what there is. So in Skyrim, and, you can see most of the content on a single playthrough, and I think. And I'm not sure if that's going to be true in West of Loathing. I, I think it will still be true. There are chunks that will not be there depending on which horse you buy to and leave the prologue have. town and which partner you take with you. Yeah. Those one of one of those mm-hmm. is maybe a significant amount of content. Most of them are more just sort of flavor and what kind of systems you have access to and what what things are going to be easier and what things are going to be harder. Um you know, it's meant to be if you're try- if you're playing through it fast, I don't feel I would not feel bad about putting in steam achievements for beating the game once with every horse and beating the game once with every partner. Maybe right. not the basic horse. What about every combination what about of horse and partner? Beating it with the dead horse. <laughs> I've heard that's a good idea. <laughs> ah, dead horse. We didn't do that. Can you animate horse that one? The pale horse. The pale horse, the pale horse is kind of a dead horse. Okay. Spoilers. Um, yeah, there's some dead horse jokes in with the pale horse. That's good. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a weird question when people are talking about when people ask like how long is it, and when we've talked about it in the past, mm. because the the part of the game that I anticipated being like 15 <clears throat> minutes it, it takes people 45 minutes to an hour to really exhaustively plumb if they want to do wanna everything. Do but yeah. but people do play it in 15. You minutes. can get through it in 15 fun. minutes. Yeah. yeah. So if you're if you're really just kind of breezing along and doing whatever, and it's like just it just for kicks. Um, you know, it depends. It depends on how easy we want to make the easy ways of finishing the main quest, right? right? And that is just a thing that we're. It's gonna have to bear out in playtesting, and yeah, yeah. The speedrun community will will love this game. Yeah, I mean, in theory, that's it? also a thing that I'd like to be able to incentivize with achievements. Is like, say, beat the game without ever sleeping, hmm. which. <laughs> Then, as a person, as a person, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you, we, we just detect your Steam account knows if you've ever gone to sleep, and if you have, you're pre, you're preemptively disqualified from that. So, so only sorry, babies, only babies, and those people who have that weird disease that makes it so you can't sleep. Right. Um, Keith Adam Jeffrey says, "Will there be an arrow pointing left on the KOL main map labeled West that will open a link to where West of Loathing can be purchased?" Yeah, why not? I like that. 
Larry Fine says, I want to hear about ranged weapons. In particular, how did you handle guns? Has combat in general taken any more form than the last time it was discussed on Video Games Hot Dog? Yeah, combat's really coming together. Um, People it's, definitely were... been, it's definitely been under a lot of sort of revision over the past couple of months. I mean, not fundamentally. Like, I feel like it, it more or less is what I wanted it to be. And it's it's I think it's fun. I mean, people get it and seem to enjoy it by and large in the demo plays and it's all it is as you get deeper into the game is a more complicated version of that it was weird i think victor you you had some of this feeling i remember talking to you at the last indicate there were a lot of people who were like this game doesn't need combat and a lot of people were like Mm -hmm. this game shouldn't have combat um and I remember at one point you asked me to sort of justify it to you. Do, do you feel that I did? It, it feels more justified now that it's more fleshed out in the game, definitely. But And I, I, I still feel like those people have a point from their own perspective. That sure, that we could, we could have just game. made an adventure game in but, this style for them. You know, but a, a trying to not get into fights you don't want to get into. Like, like okay, I guess you can do that. Like you do that in all sorts of we also, role-playing games. We can also like potentially have an option to auto resolve fights, maybe. Hmm. Right. It's not yeah. something that we've thought about. But. We haven't, but I mean, I I think that that's a little. I, I don't know how we would even approach that, like, just I don't know some some integer that's how many XP you've spent that is compared to an integer on the fight. Right. I mean, uh, sure. oh, I was thinking you would just watch the fight happen, but you wouldn't have to do anything. Oh, I didn't. I, I figured that that would not be a thing that I would that you would want me to ask you to do. Because <laughs> well, I mean, that's really easy actually to do. It, it just it, yeah. I mean, it's it's pressure on you, not me. We could actually just give every character an AI that's just use your basic yep. attack on and, whatever, and you're the one and, that has to do that. So yeah, so and to. then just run the combat at a million x speed, so that if you were like, like we could just bravely default it. <laughs> yeah. Right, because like, did you did any of you guys besides Riff ever play Bravely Default? No. Mm-hmm. It was like a 3ds JRPG. Yeah. A lot of letters and numbers in a row, <laughs> uh, where. A lot of what you could do was just basically like set scripts for your characters and then hold yeah. down a button and just run thousands of yeah. JRPG like combat. Basically, instead of hammering on one button to do the yeah. default combat thing, you hold down a button to yeah. do it. So and, it's and it but it just does it way, way faster than it would in previous games. It's just sort of like, oh, we're just acknowledging that grinding is a thing that you could do, so we're just making it part. That's weird. There are... I, I am still committed to making every combat in the game avoidable if you're trying to avoid combat in the 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 weird thing about that so there's a horse that you can pick that lets you run away from all of the equivalent of the wandering monsters that we have in the game and just at no at no charge so like you can definitely do that if you want to just avoid all of those fights there are also ways with speech skills to get out of all of them if you do if you focus on speech skills at all, and you can also avoid all of this. I think combats. that satisfies the people who would still have a legitimate complaint about combat fitting in is that they just don't want to fight things. Like yep. they're just done with games where you fight things and they're being able to not fight is probably a pretty good option. The, the, ex- the question of how do we communicate that to the people who don't want to fight things even wants to figure out, oh, I should have spent like, 
it, should there just be a let this guy beat the crap out of you option in all of the early wandering monsters, you know? Well, what about like um, Snake Gulch and stuff like that? Can't so, I mean, you're not going to be able to go everywhere. Like, the, oh, that, we can't. That's just a piece of content you don't yeah, get. Yeah, there's just stuff that you're not going to see. Okay. Just like, the, I mean, and there's also stuff that you're not going to see if you kill that guy instead of talking to him, mm-hmm. you know, like, so it, it's. Which, that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about where every playthrough, like, there are vastly different playthroughs that you can have. Yeah. And we're and I hope that we can make more of this stuff pay off. In developing the early areas, we're we're starting to do a lot of things where it's like, okay, this is a decision point that is just like setting a flag for like whether you left this person alive or not, or whether you like loose to this monster on the world. And it'll be nice to be able to go back and just I mean, some stuff like, oh well, what if when you let that guy go, you just don't get to do this thing later because he destroyed the entire area? <laughs> like <laughs> Okay. Um, well, I for one enjoy the combat system. I, I look forward to getting into fights. Nice, I think it's fun. Yeah, they, it now that it has well, now that Wes has created a lot of great animations for it, <laughs> and also there's some depth to what's going on because there are more different enemies and more yeah. things the player can do. It it feels a lot more justified to me. Like you've answered my question that I relayed to you from yeah. those playtesters. Yeah, it's um. I, the, to me, the reason that I want it to have combat is so that it can have some stuff that's systemic and so that it can mm-hmm. have rewards that support something that is systemic. Like I want you to I want a pants plus one to be different than pants plus two, you know, <laughs> like because I like that shit. I like Dungeons and Dragons ass video game stuff. And it's, uh, you know. It makes it it justifies the existence of a tremendous amount of other stuff in support of it that is also like fun and flavorful and creates a variety of experience for the player as they as they do go through fights. Okay. Um, Mer- oh, uh, but to answer Larry's question about ranged weapons, people who are familiar with Kingdom of Loathing's combat system will so people who are podcast listeners know that we are frequently frustrated with some of the decisions that I made early on with, with KOL's combat system that made it so, you know, there are three stats, but only two of them are really relevant in combat, and it's tricky to not have one thing just completely dominate the strategy. The way that it works in West of Loathing, you probably only care about this if you're really trying to like dig into territory that you're not ready for or playing in the sort of hard mode thing that we were conceiving of or, or like trying to, you know, beat it in very few fights or whatever. But like melee attacks are your muscle versus their muscle spells are your mysticality versus their mysticality and, and guns are your moxie versus their moxie. And so it's still a little weird in that, not every like everyone can just throw a punch and everyone can shoot a gun, but not everyone can cast a spell. So there's still kind of the weird like dump stat in mysticality, except that it also defends you against enemy spellcasters. So like being smarter as a cow puncher is still valuable in terms of survivability. Um, I I like this a lot better in terms of just being able to have a variety of things to do and a, and have all of the stats be more or less equally important, but on different axes. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how guns work. 
Mary Smith says, some Steam games have badges that can be collected and traded. Will you be doing some of those to earn a few extra cents on the side? Mm. Will you be looking to add achievements? As you can tell, I'm really focusing on the most important things of a Steam game. As I, I understand it, adding not. Steam trading cards is literally just handing them some art assets. Yeah, some some static art assets. So it seems like you'd be dumb not to. That said, I don't know. Riff, mm-hmm. do, do you get those and sell them anymore? Uh, I don't sell them. If uh, they in, they implemented a thing that lets you grind them up into gems that that you can spend to buy more packs of them, so I do that instead of <laughs> what, so but then, selling wait, them. What? <laughs> and then you can grind those up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what do more you gems, do with the packs? And you can enhance you, your other games by applying gems to them. You. <clears throat> that is a lie. Grinding up, grinding up cards that make up sets where I am never going to collect all the cards in the set and craft the badge is what I mean. Oh, so you sometimes do collect but craft badges. Yeah, like if uh, if I've played a game a lot and have just coincidentally collected enough of the cards to craft a badge, I'll go ahead and craft the badge. And if I'm like one or two cards away from having the badge for a game I really like, then I'll, I'll keep those cards around in case a, a <coughs> randomly dropped pack happens to cl- complete that badge or so that i can later use the dust gotten from grinding other cards and make a pack for that game you know that sort of thing but i don't really engage with the money side of it anymore i, I, I still sell them do you even though you have to do an email confirmation for every single sale it's not email it's steam app on your phone Ugh. It's just, it's just literally tapping a button. Okay. If had I known that, is so is that just them trying to to push the authenticator it's on everybody? Off. Yeah, it's just too authentic. Like they're just preventing people from selling stuff from accounts. It, there's also like a when you buy or sell something, there's like a seven day hold on th- the object so that it can't be like um, they're, they're preventing item arbitration arbitrage. Right. Yeah. They don't want people to mess around with. Uh, well, I think they would want people to hack people's markets. accounts, sell all their stuff. Oh yeah. I think because like they're still they still want there to be an economy and 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 arbitrage and but, valuable items. But they presumably kind of want people to buy the thing because they want the thing, not because they think they can sell it next week for more money. For Maybe, the most part, yeah. So if we make these things, do we get anything from it, or is the, it the a way tiny that I, fraction? Yeah, the of way what that I understand it is like goes to five percent goes to the developer, five percent yeah. goes to Steam, and, and it's five percent of like a nickel <laughs> when it happens. Well, right? or but ten cents or whatever. Do you get to decide how much to buy and sell it for? Or is Steam decide? You that? do. The, the economy market decides, it. right? Like yeah. it's it'll tell you what they're selling for lately. Um, but I, I mean, I, I can say that it costs a hundred dollars to buy this card I have, and someone can decide can to pay that to, if they yeah. want to. Yeah. They, then, they won't. Then you get a bigger fraction. Yeah. yeah. You get a bigger... I no, mean, so. it, it would never happen because when you go to buy something like that, it offers you the lowest price. Oh, that's... So yeah, no, yeah. nobody would ever... So there yours. is not a market there. It's always the Valve it's always perfect information. Them. Yeah. Exchange. Uh, Jeremy Bernier says, do you have a price point? Uh, any chance of doing a pay what you like? And what's your favorite thing about making the game? Well... We, we, still, we still are thinking about the price. We haven't yeah. We haven't finalized anything. Yet. Yeah, ten or fifteen bucks. Yeah, we, we don't know is what we think. I would say that eventually I could imagine some sort of pay what you want in a in a bundle, like temporarily or something. I don't maybe you know we don't like we're kind of having done this for 
13 or 14 years already, we're definitely playing the long game. So I, I kind of want to avoid like just completely devaluing the back catalog yeah. as we move forward. But because, um, you know, this is still it, this is a niche thing. It, I, I don't I don't think that we can count on. I don't think we should count on like a real burst of mainstream attention to it. And so I don't think that doing the kinds of things that you do if you're going to sell a million copies of a game is really in our best interest. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing about making the game? Let's all answer that in turn. Kevin? I have... So, like, I enjoy the fact that I get to play the game and because I'm not making, <clears throat> like, the vast majority of the content, I get to experience it and, like, laugh about it. Like... There are some things in this game which have made me laugh out loud for just like kind of fall off my chair laughing. They're so funny. Oh, so you were rolling on the floor. I was rolling on the floor (laughs) laughing. Uh, And it just keeps happening. There just continue to be just these really funny, like there's just a lot of really, really good humor in this game. And which that's, I think that's a good reason for enabling a mode for people to just see the content without having to be like good at video games. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, that's kind of what KOL is too. Right. right. I mean, you can get, you can get, you can make numbers bigger without knowing what you're doing. Sure. Right. It's not the right. It's not the number. It's not the numbers you should be making bigger dummy, <laughs> but right. You know, that I was being the forums. Sure. <laughs> uh, but so that's, that's my favorite part is just sort of getting, the, getting to actually like, see everything and then uh the gleeful anticipation of letting other people eventually get to see it too what about you riff um i like that there's a wide variety of stuff for me to write like there's a lot of different characters and i'm trying to give them all distinctive voices and and there's a lot of like over here, there's a lot of funny stuff, and then over here, there's a lot of horror stuff, and then every now and then, there's some really gross stuff, and <laughs> it's just a, a lot of different things and you different all situations three, that I get to write about. All three kinds of literature. <laughs> yes, exactly. What about you, Wes? I think my favorite part of working on the game is when I do an, anima- an animation with embedded particle effects, and it works right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the, hey, the last thing apparently turned out to just be a bug in Unity, so that you were you were able to fix it by just tricking Unity into not uh, not screwing and it up. And that's my least favorite part. Of it. <laughs> was, was that the was that the bean thing, or was that something else entirely? Uh, no, this was it was a different thing. It was okay. other problems. It was, it was uh, so if you connect if you attached a particle emitter to the top element of a prefab. Rather uh-huh. than one of the animated elements of a prefab, yeah. it would position it when the prefab was spawned and then never Uh-oh. move it. Right? Wow, something that's like annoying. That. Yeah, yeah something it was like that. real yeah. stupid. So all you had to do to just fix just it every it time was to just drop it down into the hierarchy into whatever it was supposed to. Wow. Yeah. So. That's fine. But fine. it's easy. It's good when it's an easy fix, and it's good when it's nobody's fault except Unity. Damn you, <laughs> Will Armstrong. <laughs> he probably didn't write that part. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Victor? What do you like about working on West of Florida? Assuming that there is anything. Right. Oh, gosh. Uh, no, I, I, I like a lot of it. So I, 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 I really like seeing all the new content come in. It's all really great to see. But I, I think that my favorite part so far has been that there are a lot of little 
programmy systems like different ways particles work and the way that title screen and, and character creation will work in the game are these little systems that are that are fun to write and because this is the kind of game it is things that are almost totally one-offs are still worth investing some time in because that is the content that is interesting to have in the game so that's it's been really fun to do it's been really nice to work on something where there isn't a huge load on uh, character control say right wes has made good animations for moving around uh, and some hilarious animations for moving around and i just play those and the character walks around <laughs> and i don't spend a lot of time worrying about you know stick feel and like how fast you turn around and jump response time compared to say working on something like infamous or infamous 2 where that was the entirety of the job for the entirety of the time that you were working on yeah which is fun briefly and then it's really (laughs) painful for about two years yeah King says, out of curiosity, did you ever explore other... Zach, what is your favorite part of working on the game? Gosh, uh... Not answering how... (laughs) Yeah, being the the boss, so I don't have to answer that question. No, I... It's... Being able to... And and this is... This is a testament to, to a couple of things. One is, Victor, your sort of skill and patience and consistency in making things work the way that we sort of half-ass describe them to you and not getting mad when we turn out to have said the wrong thing or said something in- inadequate. And and two, the, the amount that we've learned from... I would say from working on Word Realms, but honestly more from working on Master Swords. Like, working on Master Swords taught me that the way that I wanted to do content development in Word Realms should have been possible and, in fact, was possible. And the ability to just draw a thing and get it into, like, a real-ass video game where you're moving around and, and interacting with it without anyone else having to do anything is just magic to me. Like, Hmm. you know, because I can make stuff in KOL, but like KOL is a web page, right? Like it's not, it's not, it's just not the same as this. This feels like the thing that I like dreamed about doing when I was a kid. Like, I wish I could just put stuff here and then like shoot at it (laughs) (laughs) on a screen. Yeah. Um, The, the, the creation tools are super smooth. Like even just like myself. It, in trying to cobble a scene together, I can go into the 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 little given editor and scribble in nonsense lines, and it appears immediately in the thing, so that I can see where the where the object is going to be. It's super good. Have we described sort of our our process chain? Like we have a we have a back end web interface where we create the scene objects basically and the reason that we do that is largely because we already have that infrastructure we're because of kol good at making web apps because we have chris moyer who is the the notable missing person on this podcast um he's he's not busy his his work on west of loathing is very spotty at this point because he did too good of a job making the tools yeah it was was very front loaded (laughs) um so yeah, we we basically we it's making content for West of Loathing is very very similar to making content for Kingdom of Loathing, except we can also you know we have to like position things in a scene in a different way and and like the scripting language that we use 
though it is one that came from KOL, is like it's way extended, crazily more complex and robust now because it, it not not least of which because it has to be a thing. It I, I did not expect to be able to use the same scripting language in combat as out of combat, and it had to turn into a thing that knew about time. And could be running on multiple objects and interacting at the same time and stuff like that. And it's so it's, I don't know, it's crazy. It's it's good. Yeah, it's good to work on. Uh, King wrote, out of curiosity, did you ever explore any other art styles or want to go in a different visual direction altogether with West of Loathing, but felt like you couldn't because it wouldn't appeal to KOL fans? In other words, did you feel the need to jumpstart this game by making it appeal more to your already established KOL fan base? Sorry. Did you feel... Did you feel that your need to jumpstart this game by making it appeal more to your existing fan base limited you in any way with West of Loathing? No, I mean, I, this is what we set out to make with this game, right? It's it, doing a doing a thing in a shared universe, but in this entirely different gameplay style is what this game was. It wasn't like a thing that we had to do do it was it was a thing that we wanted yeah to do. and i like having shown the game to a bunch of people now uh who many of whom who were not familiar with kingdom of loathing at all the stick figures really resonate with a lot of people uh i think it's that same you know that scott mcleod thing like the, the the more general and generic you make something the more sort of personally identifiable it can become the the more specific you make something the less so you right. It's in. like the, 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 the more detail you put on a guy, the more likely it is that someone will look at the guy and say, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so there's, you, so you there's, tell yourself nice stories about things that are right. vague. Yeah. yeah. So there's that aspect of it. And there's the aspect that like the animations are really good. And it's it's really like it's it's uh, cute and amusing yeah, in a lot yeah, of ways. You look at it and you don't expect it to move as well as it does, yeah. which I think mm-hmm. is a neat surprise for people. And it, it's and I nothing mean, else looks like it, right? Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. It's, it is a it is a distinct visual style, which is hard to do these days. Uh, so I've found the trick is to have essentially no artistic talent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the the art style for KOL was not even. I mean. I joke that it was a necessity, but it was also like I had I had done just scratch art for like a card game and Roy was like, this actually you should just make a real thing with this kind of art like this is cool looking. And I didn't believe him, but then I did. And a lot of people liked it. So, like, obviously, there's something there is something like inherently appealing about it to, to some people. And it's cool that putting it in a more accessible format than like this Web page that even in 2003 looked like it was. 15 years old <laughs> uh it just gets it in front of some yeah I mean, it demonstrates that it's still a thing that has some appeal and also i've gotten way better at it like i think i it's i've gotten a lot better at actually expressing recognizable objects in a consistent style um i i do the one thing that i do feel is a little worrisome about the choice is that i don't i wish i could hire someone to do more of it and it's possible that I could but I cannot shake the feeling that it would be wrong in some way that a, a, a follow-up game could you could have you could find somebody who could more or less ape your style and if they did the whole thing it would be consistent yeah and I think that would probably be fine yeah I would I would much rather draw the art for the next game on a whiteboard 
and then have somebody else do all the actual final work and the detail work. Like, just this is kind of what I want this to look like. And uh, that's possible. That'd be funny yeah. if they didn't work locally. And so you just mailed them whiteboard after mailed them whiteboards. <laughs> yeah. What, how big of a, how much of a stamp would you need to put on a four foot by eight foot whiteboard <laughs> to get it through the mail? And how it's much technically would be left a postcard? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It might just be regular. It just might be a regular uh, letter keep stamp. Keep the weight down, I think. You can probably, yeah. Um, Shiny Platypus says, hello, guys. So I've played several different demo versions of West of Loathing, but I can't remember if I've ever looked at the inventory interface. Can you please describe the inventory interface and what decisions were made about how to display items? Does it differ from the KOL interface in any meaningful ways? And was there any discussion about different interface types? Also, interface type, but I just met her. Less than three Shiny Platypus. Um, it's a lot more like a standard RPG video game. Yeah, right now it's a lot more like a console RPG oh, because we we can't. I promised Kevin that I wouldn't make any decisions about this game that prevents us from porting it to iPad. And I mean, we've obviously demoed it a bunch on iPad. We're still not really sure what our launch strategy is for that, mostly because of pricing. That, but that, and decisions, and also the technical burden of not doing it is certainly less than the technical burden of doing it. Um, And not having, and just doing iPads and not iPhones, I think would make that not go over very well. And doing an iPhone version is a lot more work. We um, the the inventory UI definitely needs some work. Um, yeah, I think all the UI could definitely sort of be juicier, which is I guess like a Adam Saltzman term. But like he's right, like things that like feel really good yeah. are they just I don't know what it is. People just respond so much better to them. I am th- there's a part of me that really wants to put off a lot of that, and I, this is I think probably as dangerous as it is helpful in instinct. There's a part of me that wants to put it off until more of the content is in place and more of the systems are totally, totally finalized because I don't want to do a ton of work polishing a UI that then goes away when we decide to completely drop a system or like when we decide, which I think we have, that by default the game just automatically spends your XP for you and levels you up and you have to turn on the ability to manually control that. Um, like that, like once you put stuff behind a toggle that's like specifically for like advanced RPG players, it can be a little messier. Does that right? mean? Oh no, we still we would still have the character screen, but it would look very different. Yeah, it, well, it, there would just be a bunch of things missing from it, which right. would make it a lot less cluttered and a lot less intimidating. Right? Okay. It would just be lists of here's 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 your stats. stats. Yeah. Okay. Um. Joy says, will West of Loathing get its own Facebook page? That's a good question. I, I think, if anything, we would probably reskin the Kingdom of Loathing Facebook to page to just be an asymmetric. I wonder if we can change the name like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. People's names change. You must be able to change them. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm not sure how that all works, but <clears throat> I think it's I think it's possible that we would we'd just adjust to what we currently have. Because I wouldn't want to make a whole new presence for it. Yeah. Ungawa says, will West of Loathing see any influence from Kingdom of Loathing's moons? No, because it is never nighttime in this game. I was actually thinking <laughs> about that. Like, you you go to sleep and ostensibly night happens while you're sleeping. But, yep. but it's outside, it is never dark. Yeah, and I mean, that's... That's fine. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a... It's kind of amazing to think that, like, if you play it without sleeping, 
it's all would been be entire events of the game happen in one day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nights could pass while you're underground and you just didn't notice it. Sure. You go into a cave and it's just it's been longer than you think. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. Cave time. Every every cave is. Uh, never mind. I got <laughs> well, it's like it's like Inception, but reverse. It goes time goes much faster when you're. Oh, in time a cave. goes faster when you're in a cave. Yeah. yeah. So it's actually you were in there for weeks. Um, there are plenty of video games where whether it's day or night just depends on where you are, mm, right. right? Like there are some scenes that are only in the daytime. Like, but I mean that's largely because we. It's weird. I have a hard time imagining outdoor scenes in what happen, in what happened if you just re- reverse the colors dark in I think that would look <laughs> awful it would look sure. like hey everybody welcome to our Fido Dido game uh, there's a sprite promotional game from 1990 um, it, what so just as a thought experiment Victor if you were trying to make it nighttime because you've like worked on real video games you, you kind of make everything blue <laughs> and put replace the skybox so like none of these uh, things apply right it, it, that's true although the part of that that does apply is that you, know, you change the color of the sky and suddenly it really does look like nighttime and i think if that happened and you have to carry a lantern around cuz it's dark or something like i think that would make a huge difference or even just it looks like things have like a long shadow you know, you could just you could fake it in a way that I think it will look pretty good. It would be maybe trickier to do in a way that looks good, and you can just do anywhere. Is generalizable so. to all of the areas. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, so. I can I, I can make it like you're in a cave, but when you're just outside, we can. So th- that's the thing, though. When you're in a cave, part of what's going on is that you can't see very far into the distance, and it seems like a nighttime scene you would still want to be able to see the parallax layers in the back you would want there to be stars that were light sources and it seems like using the existing just sort of shroud lighting system that we have would it would it would dim that a bit but we could also do it a little bit differently and i think you would get rid of most of the problems there well once we're done with everything else we can give it a shot dark or something yeah yeah uh, Private Pasta says, I would like to see a video of gameplay or a demo. Is that likely to happen anytime soonish? There is not going to be a straight up just demo, but we're planning on doing some teasers, some stuff. teaser, some playable teasers, uh, like a PT, like a Silent Hill playable teaser is what we're is that what calling P- is that it. Is that what the PT stood for? I think so. Wasn't huh. it playable teaser? Well, I don't know. Riff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So basically, you're walking through the same hallway over and over again. <laughs> sometimes it's daytime. Sometimes it's still daytime. Yeah. Right. <laughs> sometimes there's a baby in the sink, you know. <laughs> a baby in every sink. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joy says, are there going to be any cheat codes for this game? Why? I don't think so. But we could leave in some debug stuff. Head. Yeah, we could leave in some of the debug stuff, yeah. Leave in the one that we put in today and uh, oh, yeah. let people really. Yeah, then, mess every, up their then game. there's every cheat code. <laughs> Dan Bob writes Do you have an updated release date for West of Loathing? How about pre order? Any feelies packs, soundtracks, gold packs, or other fun add ons? We've been tossing the, around the idea of, being, of doing a, some kind of pre order so that we could, ha- we could get the benefit, which is to say more money of a Kickstarter from people who like wanted to buy into higher tiers, like, you know, we'll name a skeleton after you or whatever. Right. We're not at all final on what that would mean. 
if we do do that, it'll probably be like a couple weeks before the game comes out rather than seriously ahead of time. So yeah. that that also forces us to limit the scope of what happens based on those extra tiers, which then sort of inherently makes them less interesting. But I mean, to the buyer at least, but we could still, I mean, we could still have like a beta access. Yeah, that's true. Like you get the game a week early or something, you know, like we have to get it out early next year. Like there's just sort of no choice. And I, and I think that honestly, like if, if it's looking at middle of December, like we're not going to make that deadline. I think what we do is cut this we spend a week just cutting the scope and rearranging everything to spread whatever content is done into what space there is instead of because this thing is just fucking sprawling yeah <laughs> like yeah it's, we, we it, joked about it being like a skyrim with beans and big hats and uh Oops. <laughs> Jamelli writes, Hey guys, the game is looking fantastic so far. How many overall areas, like boring spring-sized areas, do you think there will be in the game on release? Are you planning to add new areas over time? So I don't... If the game sells well, I could imagine, and and in fact have already sort of like left space and have a theme in mind for a, a DLC pack that we could sell, which was just sort of more mm. of what you love. And that seems like an also a way we could go if we end up running out of time for the for the main thing is put any any content that ends up being shoved out in a later pack into a later pack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a pack that we would sell, but a, you know, it, like if it was really if it was legitimately like because we don't want to do the thing that forum assholes accuse every company of yeah, doing yeah. right like is, well, you made another like game sh- someday we weren't jerks you should have given it to me years ago <laughs> you should potentially then prioritize finishing the main quest line yeah yeah, yeah. right and then, luckily there's almost nothing to it well right so yeah it's <laughs> but like like complete that and then branch out from there instead yeah. of just going yeah and going linearly through, through the stuff. Map. yeah i mean it's yeah I, uh, I I recently kind of hit a milestone where all of the areas that there are, I th- more or less all of the areas that I think are going to exist that you can go into and walk around are at least big empty rooms now, <laughs> as opposed to things that are just it, it glints in my eye. Um, gleams in my eye? Yeah. Both. If I were to say, like, the game, once you get out of the prologue, is divided into eight regions and i would say that each of them in terms of in terms of mechanical complexity is and 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 size like the number of places that you can go is probably like one and a half times the size of boring springs so well if if that's true and it takes somebody 45 minutes to get through boring springs yeah then that's an eight hour game yeah well, an eight-hour game if you do everything, but well, right. you're not really going to be able to, right? Like, you're going to lock yourself out of certain things by making certain decisions. Sure. Or, like, and, and it's, you know, yeah. Do you but, plan yeah. on having more of that, more locking out that you, you have to go back and make different choices later on? Because Boring Springs, right now, you can do a predominance of the content uh, in one playthrough. Really. You can. There are parts that you'll, well, you'll miss, but... I guess, you, I guess there, I is, there is, like, there is an optimization to Boring Springs. Yeah. Sure. That is true. 
But you would have to play it multiple times to even to discover that that's a thing. That's, that's, yeah, I guess that's what I mean. But yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And that's another thing where like an achievement for finishing the prologue with the maximum amount of meat that it's possible to get in the prologue, like so that you just have to figure out the entire optimization puzzle that – and it wasn't even really a puzzle. It just like – we made a bunch of stuff and it ended up just kind of being like that because there's just – a bunch of things that you can do in whatever order you want and it changes what you have when um it's uh, i don't i don't like it when you without telling the player dramatically lop off things that they could have done later you know th- this it, it's not so much things later but like you know you choose to help this person instead of not helping them and then like they have one quest or something and it's like oh you get this quest instead of that one so you basically lost half of that content either yeah. way i mean we definitely right? are doing a, a pretty significant binary thing that w- most people are going to end up with one yeah version of and i really like that mm-hmm. honestly yeah but but that is kind of like without telling the player we are like you're making a choice that you don't really understand that has anyone playing the demo no. gotten out of the prologue that way okay no. that's not cool a single, not a single person that is great gotten out of the prologue how well we're not, we're not we don't want to say oh, yeah. we'll tell okay. you, we'll tell you after the show <laughs> okay um, yeah. Uh, Pigrat writes, I've heard West of Loathing described as Skyrim with beans, but in a podcast a little while ago, Hot Stuff described it as being kind of like the original Heroes Quest PC game. In what ways is it similar to a Quest for Glory game? Is it the stat system? Is it the puzzles that can be solved in different ways according to class? Is it the atmosphere? I can't wait to play West of Loathing, and I know I'll like it no matter what style of play it is, because it looks great, and I'm sure it, and it is sure to be funny. It, that All of those things is kind of yeah. what it has in common, right? There's There's a lot of, there's just different outcomes depending on different approaches. There's different ways of achieving the same aims depending on what stats you've focused on and what class you are and what partner you have and what horse you have. Can like, you imagine Quest for Glory in a big uh, open world? That's oh, that's pretty similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's... I think in terms of the number of rooms that you can run around in, it's like maybe slightly bigger than one of those games. Quest um, for Glory? Yeah. I think it's going to be way It's bigger. a lot bigger? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think there's a lot of empty Boring Springs is... There's a lot of empty space in Quest for Glory games. That's just like places for you to fight monsters and stuff. And whereas that that kind of happens in between spaces in this. So, yeah. Uh, Deus Ex Machina says, will there be any romance options? Come on, sexy cowboy. Absolutely not. Like that... (laughs) There is almost nothing that I dislike as much as a romance mini game in a... An RPG. So I guess I better and scratch my dating sim mini game. <laughs> so in Fallout Four, you didn't you didn't court any of your partners. No. No. The the, the only partner worth taking is the one that's a robot. <laughs> probably, and probably do, probably doesn't even have any courtable wow modifications. Although I guess they replace people with robots, and you don't know. But yeah, I don't know. I like I like my romance partners to have an entire face. <laughs> that is that is one thing I'm pr- pretty inflexible on. It's a pretty high bar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the erosion seeker says, "Is there an end boss to West of Loathing? If there is, is it Buffalo 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 Bill? If not, can it be Buffalo 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 Bill? We got to do something with that, right? That's pretty good. Like there's." There, 
There's a there's an antagonist of sorts. Yes. There are multiple antagonists, but there's not. It's not like you start the game and the end boss takes away all your powers and then you spend the rest of the game hunting him down and kill it. Like there's a bunch of different ways to finish the main quest and some of them involve killing a person and some of them don't. So there are different things that you could consider to be the end boss, I guess. Um, there's different things that you could kill instead of the thing that might be the end boss. Or things that you don't even have to kill. Um because, like I said, it is very important to me that you be able to beat this game. I, maybe not if you don't kind of know what you're doing. Like, I, I don't know that I that I. You shouldn't. We shouldn't advertise it as like a game that can be that you can without. beat without ever fighting anything. Because it's, it's I don't hard. I don't want to guarantee. I don't want to have to guarantee that a player who goes in and makes certain choices in the prologue that are like setting them up to be better in combat rather than better at, you know, non-confrontational puzzle solving, like can definitely do it without any fights because that would just be really hard and make the game worse for the people who are just playing it like a normal person plays a normal RPG, Um, which is that combat is just like a fun mini game that you're playing between stuff. It's like an abstraction and not like... It's a little puzzly. It's a little like to tactical it's it's good like in this game unlike in kingdom of loathing there are definitely times where you are meaningfully like killing a person hmm. and but none of those things are combat right like it's okay. i don't i that's mean i true. guess you kill a snake and skin it right so that's definitely a, like that thing is definitely dead now well it doesn't have any skin <laughs> when you when you are like killing bad guys instead of arresting them it is usually because you have chosen a particular sort of approach to those problems that is very much like are like i don't know it's not like super thoughtful but at least it's 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 at least going to like make fun of you for being mean <laughs> when you do it it's not Will like it also make fun of you for being nice that's a good question because I think it should probably just be equal opportunity. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, so what I've the way that I've approached that so far is more kind of like dishonored. Like it's like you know that actually probably turned out worse for him than if you had just murdered him. Uh, okay. So which I mean is just not funny exactly, but sure. You know, it. I guess it does make fun of you in that sense that the 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 the. the goody two shoes approach is often sort of extra naive it, like e- the existential horror of life is sometimes worth just avoiding yeah yeah okay <laughs> uh the fring thing wrote uh, god among a million annoying other gag non-questions uh will the mod support be through steam workshop nexus or standalone and it's hilarious that you ask that as a as a joke but uh i do kind of want to talk about it my goal, and Victor can tell me if this is idiocy, all of the data for the game is, as we're as we're using it in the engine, just a bunch of text files, right? I don't know if that continues to be true in the packaged version of the executable, or if it could be true in the packaged version of the executable, but what I would like is for mm-hmm. the game to be moddable by anyone who figures out how it works and has a text. Uh, yeah, th- I think that's very, very, very possible that we could do that. It's, yeah. uh, I mean, that's that's how Riff is working 
pretty much entirely, right? Like you, you just have a copy of the game that is made for development that yeah you load from. You don't use Unity to do anything. Oh no. yeah, that's right. true. So it's, it'll be very much like that. Um, if we if we choose to do that in that way, we we could also choose to have a very minor piece of tooling that you, a user who wants to make some content could use to just yeah make a package of content, and that the, would also let us sort of. Make sure they're not really messing things up in there in a way that will cause problems for them and maybe for yeah, us. Yeah, so, some way to, like, from the title screen, like, load in certain... Yeah, that, that like, might be a good way to do it. Compartmentalize data packs or whatever and don't let them overwrite the, anything in the main one except with, a real, like, a, like no seriously nine checkboxes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say from, like, a producer point of view that this sounds like a great thing to do after launch oh yeah yeah okay no certainly um yeah. as as it is now i don't know that i want to burn any calories making it so people can add their own art assets i don't know how easy oh, it is in the engine to load those in from disc i mean we're doing it now but it would have to work roughly the same way it works now which which we don't want the game isn't to work like that yeah like, I, don't, it, it, I don't well if I mean, it, it, in some existing games, when you create mods, that is kind of the way that they work, right? You you make image files and maybe model files with a 3D game, and loading those and, and even running the game with them is it's a little slower, a little, little more junky right. than the real polished art assets that were created for the game, both because you made them and didn't actually, like, kind of build them into the special game format, and because you don't know how to do as good a job as, like, the people who made the game. Um, and in this, I think we would have that effect, but it wouldn't be extreme just because of how simple the art assets are. Animations would be obviously impossible. Like, the, Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is what I was thinking, is, like, it would all have to be static art. But you could make another, you know, you you could skin a snake. You could, uh, could yeah, your that's own true. Snake. Although we don't currently have a skinnable snake model, we do have a skinnable <laughs> snake in the game. But, oh, but, uh, but if we if we did, which maybe we should, um, we could do that. You I could, assumed that would be way more complicated because of the way that the animations work on the snake model. But we do like, for instance, you if you could get your own images loaded into the game, there would be nothing stopping you from making a goblin whose body was a toilet. You know, like if you drew a toilet. <laughs> if you couldn't, you could use a toilet that I drew and make a goblin whose body is a toilet. Like mental so note: draw a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Marcel Duchamp, the the goblin. Yeah, yeah. This goblin's name is Armut. Yeah. <laughs> Falcon says, "What sort of time goes into programming a game like West of Loathing?" Uh, <laughs> like twenty hours a week. Bad times. <laughs> nine good times. Months. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm not working uh, full-time only on West of Loathing. Uh, I have some other contracts here and there. But, um, you know, it's it's adventure. And it, just as an adventure game, you know, people spend a long time. Uh, if you've sort of watched the interval between the games that people put out, like, it, it's not because they didn't do anything in there. They spent that time making the next game that you bought when it came out. And so it, it does take... A good amount of time. Uh, that said, I am the only engine programmer on this project, and I'm totally going to be able to handle all the stuff for it. And if it was a big 3D game or something, I would need more support than than just the support I get occasionally from uh, spending a little extra time doing stuff for a week. 
is it like it's probably 18 months of of your life on this by the time we're done yeah it probably will be about that at halftime yeah and yeah, not, there was not a full time overlapping with that probably a year of back-end tools programming yeah yeah, that stuff that again, at not. I mean, oh, yeah, Chris again, did not. while in in a eighth of his time while he was also working on KOL, working stuff. on KOL, and yeah. and also, I mean, we've we've all been wildly variable in what proportion of time we've spent working on KOL versus West of Loathing. Right. Um, so it's really hard to say, and it's that's why it's also very difficult to like. What is the budget for the like what how much did it cost us mm. to make this game is a very, very difficult question to answer. And so how many do we need to sell in order to justify keeping the band together is also a very difficult question. One really nice thing is that this engine is like wicked flexible. So you like, could make another game on this. Engine, we could make yeah. another game in this engine with almost no intervention from Victor, um, which is sad. You know, well, which ideally there's, we there's would so not. Much, yeah. And so I mean, we, we would. I, I would show up and just be doing things. Yeah. Because yeah, like, there's so many secretly. things that we could add, like yeah. one off mini games or whatever. So, yeah. like, I don't. There's there's never a. There's never a point where we don't if, need but additional But if we program. had to. Like, yeah. if it, it, if, if it came down to it. Yeah. Like, or if you want to just build more content for the for West of Loathing, just like, let's make West of Loathing bigger because yep, right. it's time to actually make a DLC yep, West of Loathing. Loathing. Mm hmm. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the engine is just there. There is not a ton of really like cowboy specific stuff going on in there. Um, we don't. So that's, that's the, we don't have to 100 percent recoup costs because we yeah. built part of the cost is this like super flexible engine investment. If we can make a second engine. game, and also there is the chance that because you know I, when you finish the game somewhere it will say. Oh, and if you like this, if you like the writing and stuff in this, check out Kingdom of Loathing. And there's a chance that somebody might come to KOL and then become a like a supporting member of the KOL community, and that that also serves hugely in our favor. Yeah, but you have to have analytics to tell you where people came from. And, no, we're terrible. And boy, oh, we won't. Oh, great. Yeah. Cool. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, it's like, yeah. But we could we could like. That, that seems like it actually would be pretty valuable yeah. in this case. Oh, it certainly would have been for all the years that we've been doing this. Like, if we well, paid, sure, but yeah. like th this is a like we have a related property in another game, yeah. right? And th that seems like a chance to really see how all that <clears throat> benefits you. Yeah. Well, uh, Jim has shown up for video games oh, hot okay. dog just as we ran out of questions. Perfect. So, uh, guys, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast in this hot hot room. Riff, I hope it's not as hot in your room as it is in this one. I don't know how hot it is there, but I imagine it's not as hot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty hot. Are your are your walls uh, flame orange? <laughs> uh, they're also not foam, so okay. yeah. Yeah, the wall yeah, it's probably color less it hot, hot here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you guys on Video Games Hot Dog. Have a great week, everyone. See you.